how very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Don't you want a world of unconditional love and brotherhood? We have the secrets to self-improvement. You can join us and be special. Join our elite mission to save the world. Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy open. You could fill that void. Here's how. We'll title this tape. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Sounds good to me. All right, well, let's get started. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Brown. That's, uh, we don't talk about Bruno, and that's Bradley Cooper. And we are here to talk to you about... Wait, why are you not... Oh, you guys Never haven't mind. seen Encanto. We are here to... T- it's another Disney film. I have. Okay. It's just okay. My kids love it. We listen to the soundtrack it's... in the car every day. Yeah, I can imagine. Listen, I forced my parents to listen to uh, I Can Show You the World <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> Non-stop. And... Is that better? A weemba what? A weemba what? Yeah. All of that. uh, My kids know all the lyrics to every song from Encanto. I know all the lyrics to the songs from, like, Shania Twain's debut album. So there's that. That's the whitest thing I've ever heard (laughs) in my entire life. No. You're from Ohio. Always listen to. You're a straight white man. We had the Ally McBeal McBeal soundtrack on cassette. You know what? I feel a lot better about my whiteness now, so thank you. Because I feel, like, dark-skinned compared to you now. Yeah. This is fantastic for me. I've got a pretty uh, red complexion opposed to your whiteness right now. Yeah, fair enough. I've I've been getting burned and I've been trying to keep careful because I just got a new tattoo. Yeah. You like my tan and line? It's it. <laughs> Jesus, that's very noticeable. Um, you're almost a redneck. Yeah, almost. I'm working on it. Closer. Just grow, to I gotta the let edge. the hair grow in a bit more. What do you think? What does it look like when you grow your beard out? Because I feel like when you grow it out, you either look like a homeless man or a hipster, and I don't know what it is. I don't think it's either one of those. It's more like Grizzly Adams. I just stand in the back. I stand around. Just that's Bear Grylls. I know it. Is that? No, it's not Bear Grylls. Which one's Grizzly Adams? Grizzly (laughs) Adams was Robert Redford. No, no, I'm saying Bear Grylls is the one who drinks his own piss. Like Tyler said. Sorry, I don't know why I thought Robert Redford would drink his own piss. That's probably not accurate. Anyways, do we like Josh's name? Oh, Dan. <laughs> Sorry, Grizzly Adams is a different thing. I, I don't remember who Grizzly Adams. There was a, the Robert Redford is like the reassuring, like affirmative. Nod. Yeah, it's the gif of that guy where he's no, actually that's not Robert Redford. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. This is gonna bother me now. Is this You're right, guy? Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> yes. Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah, uh, for some reason, um, Erica thought that that was somebody else, and I remember being really confused about why she thought that, but apparently a lot of people did. Yeah, nobody knows it's him. Um, nobody knows it's Bruno. Little known Hollywood fact, it's Robert Redford. Oh, that's what it was. Everybody thinks it's Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, classics. Anyways, welcome to the show. If you've never been on the show before, we talk about comic books and comic book related things. Don't eat that. And we are going to talk about Miss Marvel. Yes, Jumping this right is into the, it. Um, 
this most recent Marvel Disney Plus TV series, and it stars Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan. Mm. Yes. Um, so first off, I have not read any of this character. Have you guys? The... Yes. I've read her in Spider-Man comics and in her introduction arc in Captain Marvel. And this is a... But uh, we've not actually read Bendis any Ms. Marvel property. This. this is a Bendis no, comic? No, this was G. Willow Wilson. No. G. Willow Wilson? Right. Yeah. Okay. Still haven't read it. We mentioned this back when episode one came out because we said mm-hmm. her counselor person was named after. So Bendis G. had no involvement here. Surprisingly not. I know. I know. I know why you think that because oh, a white character gets replaced by a minority kid. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> not, not. I'm not trying to like complain about anything, but Bendis does have that mo. Hmm. No, I mean he has done it multiple yeah. times over. It's it's you're not wrong. Yeah. And like I'm not Listen, complaining like I it's like okay. Miles Morales. Um Listen, we know you don't like people of color. We understand. We've established that you are an intense racist, that you own man, several third right memorabilia. You guys should come into our uh, Discord. We have to uh, constantly shout down Sean for all his racial epithets. All can the we, time. Can we, hurry, he, he, can we hurry this up because I need to get back to writing Black Panther hate online. You got a flag to burn. <laughs> <laughs> a cross to burn. I've got a new neighbor. I need to go put a crucifix in their garden and burn Jesus it. Christ. This is a joke. I'm not racist in any way. Except against um, Chinese people. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> That's a joke. Allegedly. Don't worry, folks. He just got his humor from Ricky Gervais and he developed it as a personality we're, trait. We're all like this um, over here. Apparently, yeah. Um, so there are six episodes uh, of this show, uh, and it is about roughly an hour each episode, right? Yes. Yeah, I think they're in the like fifty to sixty minute range. Mm-hmm. Cool. So this is the story of a young teen uh, with a very overly protective um, parent, Urdu family. Yeah, they are. I believe they they're speak Urdu. Urdu. They are. Thank you. Uh, Indian, uh, but during the partition, they went to Pakistan. What became Pakistan? Mm. So they are Lebanese American, Turkish. I, I don't know about Turkish. I don't know anything about like. We know about the mom. We don't know much about the dad. I would assume he's also from Pakistan. I don't know. Uh, in the Episode four and five, they travel to Karachi. Okay, and that's where four and five. So are set. this, right? So this is uh, her kind of coming into her own identity and really being uh, an enormous fan of Captain Marvel, hero worshiping Captain Marvel, uh, and during a rebellious uh, sprint or spree, she uncovers. A bracelet in her mother's collection of clothing in her the attic, grandma sends uh, her the which, bracelet. yeah, that. Thank you. Yes, um, and that sparks or ignites uh, powers, and that's how she becomes Green Lantern. Reed Richards, Green Lantern. It's like the yes. new version of the Booster Gold meme. Reed Lantern. Reed Lantern. Green Richards. All of Green that. Dick. Oh no. Yes. Why do I always come up with racially insensitive jokes? It's the British in me. It's the Tory in you. 
So, what do we think? I thought it was great. Um, I think it had a lot of good stuff and some generic middle of the road stuff. Okay. I I loved the first episode. I think it was so fun and vibrant and creative. The artistic style, and then, the way they have the texting that they do to each other just yeah. appear on the screen. I the do like that. I that. love. They yeah, I love that, and then I feel they kind of forgot about it in later yes. episodes. Yeah, uh, they have her kind of uh, daydreaming, and those daydreamings, the art kind of comes out into the real world, and not enough of that is really used later on. They don't quite incorporate that into her powers, like, you know, a Green Lantern would. The Green Lantern would create a hammer or a chainsaw yeah. or some object. There's no, oh my god, at the final episode, she had a giant winged sloth appear and fight for her or something. Yeah, her powers are very rough and kind of just energy balls, blasts, mm-hmm. platforms. It's not very refined at the minute, and whether it does get more refined later on is something to be seen. Mm-hmm. That's the upgrade yeah. that comes in the next series. I think we can all agree that the highlight here was the family dynamic stuff. Yes. Ah, oh, man. They they were uh, yeah, I can agree with overprotective that. parents. They had their reasons for being overprotective. Uh, but they also seemed like down-to-earth, fun parents. Uh, when she wanted to yeah. go to the Comic-Con in the first episode, her dad comes in dressed as the Hulk, but he's like Pakistani Hulk, where he's got the... Uh, I, I don't know what the outfits are, but he's got the... Uh, the robes, and they've colored that up to be like the Hulk, and he's painted his face. The dad is all green. Yeah, it's it's very funny. Very That scene in itself is really good because it really encapsulates the struggle of wanting to develop her own sense of identity and the teenage struggle of separating from the, her parents. Mm-hmm. And you feel pain on both sides, but you're definitely feeling that yeah. awkward discomfort. Yeah, there, there. there is that... Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if it's what you want to call it, like a cultural overprotectiveness. Like, yeah. you need to not show off too much skin. I forget how the mom phrases it, but it's basically like you can't go out, especially not wearing a costume that is too revealing. Yeah. And, yeah. and, she and then even the dad Captain Marvel's the Hulk, outfit which revealing. The Hulk is the most revealing superhero of revealing all. Revealing of all. But he's a man, right? So I it's think like... Hulk is less revealing than Huey with superpowers. Huey's not in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> no. Um, um, yeah, I think this does a good job at showing the culture in a more... in a less formal setting. Because obviously you do get the yes. more conservative Muslims that really do abide by these very strict family values. But these parents are definitely a little more liberal than... Yeah. Those, those well, folks, the more conservative folks, don't really come to the forefront in this... Uh, show. I mean, they're living in Jersey City. We're seeing not just like yes. a Pakistani Urdu Muslim uh, community. They've 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 been in the U.S. for a long time and they've integrated into it. So it's our culture and their culture kind of having that sort of fusion together. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think that it would be important to note that a lot of the misinterpretation. Uh, about the more conservative. There's got to be a better way um, to say that than their culture and our culture. That sounds really dumb. Like it's it's all our culture. 
Well, America's a mixing pot, right? So there's going to be a mixture of different I know, but cultures, right? They're American, we're American sort of thing. Like, But they... Uh, <laughs> Their religion. Then. Uh, let me let me let, let me point this. Let me point this out. Religion as a culture is accepted. There is a religious culture to uh, values, and I was actually going to bring this up. So when you look at um, New York as a really good example, uh, Hasidic Jews in New York are a different type of culture from non-Hasidic, non-conservative Jews in New York, or really just anywhere. And the it, more dramatic perceptions of these uh, depictions comes from those conservative uh, ima- think, uh, images of them, right? I don't know right? if the right term is orthodox. Like, really uh, hard yeah, but... line, like, we are going to follow the text and nothing else, pretty much. Like, we need to follow the text well, as I guess as we can, versus saying, okay, well, this seems a bit extreme, we don't need to really focus on this. We can wear mixed fibers, or we can eat shrimp, shellfish. Sure. Uh, well, I think it's appropriate to you because orthodox and, and uh, conservative kind of go hand in hand as far as the, the original definitions. But yeah, you're right. Um, so I think I agree with I would agree with you. I think that there's a lot of really good dynamics here, and I think it's really important to show that there isn't just one super orthodox you know belief system that every single yeah. like person who is and a we, muslim we like will fit into the box we, we see people at different uh i think different levels of conservatism uh well like uh the sheik the brother oh, i was gonna say the sheik uh or, okay is that the right word the sheik the the leader of the church. Uh, i think where i think a sheik is its own thing okay i can't i thought that was the name i thought she had addressed him as like sheik something I might have been she. Maybe. Anyway, we, we see that the, yeah, the, the, the leader guy of the in charge church, of the mosque. You know, while they're in, like, in prayer, they have the men sit in the front, the women sit in the back, behind a wall, and he's rather strict about stuff during mass. But they are. He shows that you know, outside, he's able to relate, able to unwind, be silly, help out, even if it's somebody that's not from his group. So I guess sheikh is a honorific title title in the Arabic language, which does designate the chief of a tribe or royal family member in Arabian countries. Uh, it is also given to those of great knowledge in religious affairs as a surname by a prestigious uh, religious leader from a chain of Sufi scholars. So uh, yeah, I guess yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. The first thing I want to so, really praise with the show is. Iman Vellani. Yeah. I feel like she had the most pressure on her for this role than anyone else in Marvel, including Chadwick Boseman and Simulio. Because America is racist, Mm -hmm. but America hates Muslims even more. And I'm not trying to be, like, racist in saying this, but your country and the world, to an extent, has a very negative connotation with Muslims. And I feel yeah, like well, for her to for her to take this on, and for this show to try and really put uh, Islam in a very positive light, I think she had such weight on her shoulders, and I think she delivered perfectly. And she's I young agree. and she has not been in any like big production up until now. Like she was. Yeah, I mean, this what, was her, her aunt. Her aunt suggested that she submit a uh, tape or audition, and she was surprised that she got it. 
Uh, yeah, is, you look at her IMDb page, and she was 18 when Ms. shooting this. Ms. Marvel is the first thing she's credited on. On IMDb. she's got a couple short films that she's yeah. worked on. Uh, but yeah, this is the first, like, if you want to call it the first real thing that she's been part of, and she is yes. nailing it. I agree. Um, I think that it's. I, I understand your hesitancy to try to like phrase it, Sean, but I think that you're hitting. I think that you're correct. Like America, I think Chadwick Boseman had a lot of weight on him to be the first real black superhero in the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. I wonder what the discussion but I feel with, like uh, Fi- like Kevin Feige or anybody else at the Marvel team were like. When did Sam Wilson come to the foray? I but he. Winter I mean Soldier. first. Yeah, both... but first black superhero with a solo movie. Okay, is probably what I should have said. All right. Okay, fair uh, enough. Because Black like, Panther was the first job, time. I hope, like, I'm sure Kevin Feige and the rest of the Marvel Studios, like, you're gonna get a lot of like, shit, on on. Yeah. Uh, it's not valid shit. It's not like it's un. What's the word? Unearned. It's. I don't know. Invalid. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this show showing Islam in such a positive light, showing the family values and. Obviously, there are the extremists and the more conservative members of the religion, but I think showing kind of the standard family dynamic of them was a really powerful thing to do. Yeah, especially and in America, I think, especially in Jersey City. Yeah, I think culturally it's the most important thing Marvel has done. There are... I find it funny that Amer- that specifically the East Coast, you know, Jersey and New York has some of the most intense mixes of culture, and that's not shown very often. Like, it's kind of recognized, but not really. You know, you can walk down the street from a mosque and then go to a church and then go to a sandwich oh, shop God. that is run by a Pakistani uh, immigrant who wanted to come over and start a new life and then right down the street from there you can go to the comic book store where it's all of those cultures coming together and then they're all celebrating this joy and love of comic books to, and then you know I haven't been to Jersey City but I've been to New York City and I like we were there for 24 hours and we just went from like food place to food place just trying different things like we went and got a beef patty at the bodega then we went and tried like some goat tongue or goat stomach tacos went and tried mm. some asian food we go to the bacon bar try all sorts of drinks like mm. you can just so much there's so much food so much culture to experience yeah i don't know how to feel about kamala khan's powers in this kevin feige said that when she was introduced in the comics, she was introduced at a very specific time and had to be representative of that. And then in the TV show, she's coming into the MCU at a very specific time and is kind of representative of that. Yeah. And one thing we'll kind of mention later on is that she is confirmed to be a mutant. <laughs> and yeah. In oh, did you not know that? No, I haven't read the comic. But no, 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 no. About the mutant thing. In yeah, the show. I mean, mutant in the show, but is she a mutant in the comic? Yeah. No, she's an inhuman no, in the comic. Inhuman. Yeah. So. Yeah. But in the comic, she was originally planned to be a mutant, but she was introduced around the time that Marvel were kind of pushing the Fox-owned properties to the sideline. Hmm. 
so they're right. like, oh, we'll make her in- inhuman and we'll start pushing the inhumans to tie into the movie we're going to release before that turned into a TV show. Yeah. yeah. And failed. Which ended up falling apart. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it makes sense that she was an inhuman when she was introduced in the comics and here they're trying to... They're that's fine. branching the world into the X-Men universe, kind of. Yeah. So going back that's to fine. Like, cause... powers that are supposedly tied to the bracelet the bracelet enhances her powers perhaps if she's a mutant then she always had the powers uh but i think part of the design is to have this energy source from the bracelet also tie into the energy source from the ten rings from shang chi i definitely get that impression and i thought that's why i don't like more connective tissue where it says like you know i think they say we're getting a weird energy signature uh damage control kind of looks at the energy signature but nothing else is really done from that not yet no maybe i you know, feel like she ha- soon bruce banner jumped in at the end of shang chi maybe he detects <clears throat> something going on with uh yeah Ms. i i feel like maybe the bracelet is more of like almost the power battery to green lanterns where it's kind of something to focus her powers yeah Mm-hmm. But even, even she without needs, like, it, another she another sort of upgrade to refine her powers. She well, I think she probably learn to refine them. Yeah. You know, every every movie you kind of get an upgrade. Maybe not in Thor. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Josh, you gave it a seven out of ten. You're more positive than us. Stop criticizing I it. Can, I can <laughs> I can be whatever I want. <laughs> um. I feel like coming out of Moon Knight, it is interesting to see such a dramatic, (laughs) bless you, change of um, a tonal shift from dark to fun. I don't know if I want to say tone, because I don't think that's fair. I think it's more... I mean, how would you describe the cinematography being such a big shift? Because the way that you're telling it with lighting and camera resources... It's a much more vibrant show, and it's got a lot of life to it, whereas Moon Knight was very dark and... Well, it's for, like, an older audience for Moon Knight, but this this is, like, taking Spider-Man and just kind of taking it to the next level, because there was all that art in the, like, credits for Spider-Man, but this is kind of integrating that into the show. I like how I like how this does the Loki thing where it shifts the logo between all these different designs. Yeah. The credits were different every single time and not just slightly different as the story progressed. It was a different end credit uh, yeah. shot every episode. Yeah. Um, I can't help I, but One thing I want to point by... out... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say that I just can't... I mean, I've said it before. I just don't understand the need. If you want to make her a mutant, that's fine. But I just don't understand the, the mentality behind making such a big shift of... I I get it. Okay, they're trying to avoid a re-Richards. I... That's exactly it. But like Introducing two characters within a year of each other. No, within three months of each other. One where you've got... Where they both got stretchy powers. I understand the want to differentiate stretchy them. Stretch. And this will probably give her a, more of a hand up in the in the next Marvel movie. A hand the up. The Marvel film, which comes out in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like that will give her more of a, 
a, a more of a boost with like the cosmic fighting she's going to be doing with Carol Danvers. Yeah. All right. Then stretchy stretch. So later on Wait, in the series, um, we haven't. Really One thing even I just want to point out we have... before we get into the content, sorry, is none of us are like the demographic the show is aimed towards. No, we're not young teens. We're not people of color. No. We're not Jersey like, Cityans. Yeah. We're kind of... It's very much a teenager show. Yeah. Yeah. But it's well made enough that we all found a lot of stuff to yeah. enjoy about it. Yeah. A lot of people slept on this or were like, oh, this isn't my thing. Uh, or people yeah. One were, thing... were just shitting on it because it's not their thing. Even though it's yeah, I find... something that is good. I find it interesting, on IMDb, it's the lowest rated MCU property. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it's the highest rated MCU property. Are we looking at, like, on the series whole or per episode? Like, what are the episodes on IMDb rated? Um, the overall show's at a 6.2, and then the episodes range between a 6.5 and a 7.3. That's weird. That the... Even then, like, the individual episodes are rated higher than the overall score for the series, which seems weird. Yeah. But then, mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes, the, um... Like, the critic review, the Smarter Meter, is 98% for yeah. the overall thing. And then audience score is still 78%, which is Does it a say lot how higher many than scores there are for either one? Um... I don't know how to find it. Give me a second. I'm not used to using Rotten Tomatoes. 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 Um, it doesn't say how many there are that I can see. You can cut that part out. It's <laughs> so, one thing to note is that next year they are going to be coming out with The Marvels, uh, which will be the sequel to Captain Marvel, which will feature... Uh, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel and this Miss Marvel. And Tiana uh, Paris's Spectrum. Yeah, Monica Rambeau. Yeah, she's going to be in that yeah. as well. It's going to be very interesting to yeah. see. Um, what did you think of... Did you say... It's called Kishani, right? Which one? The location that they travel to. Karachi? In the show? Karachi. Karachi. The city Karachi, of thank Karachi, you. the capital of Pakistan. Yeah. Didn't they go what to think Kamal of... Nanjiani? Yeah, Kamal Nanjiani is actually from Karachi. Or okay. one of the other cities that you don't even know about from Pakistan, but he'll just say he's from Karachi just to make it simple. We, we, can, we can pretend I'm aware enough of country to pretend that joke was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Sorry, Josh, I interrupted you before when you were so, going to go off on uh, something. Yeah. So I didn't know which way we wanted to go, because I, I have some things to say about uh, the two episodes that they spend in Karachi, uh, but we also haven't really covered our antagonists, if we really want to call them that, because we have a couple different groups. We've got the groups of sort of inhumans, I forget what they call themselves, the the, the, jin. the jin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that are trying to get back home, and they're not really concerned with the destruction that it would cause trying to go back. They're, they want to go back now versus like days, weeks, months, a year from now. They've waited decades 
and then we have her friend uh, Kamran, who's the son of the leader of the, the Jinn, who comes into powers of his own, but he's not able to control them like she is. And she, he kind of takes like maybe more of a hard right stance of like they hate me, everybody hates me, I have no connection to these people, and lashes out that way. But we've also got damage control, where you've got a rogue agent that is trying to destroy them, uh, as opposed to taking them in. So we've got kind of three different groups of antagonists. So we can talk about that, we yes, can talk yes. about Karachi and their uh, adventure there. Um, I guess I will say that I'm surprised at the parts that I enjoyed about this, because I didn't think that I was going to find it as appealing, since there's more of a push for that younger audience, but it still found a lot of ways to tell the story well enough that I was uh, intrigued by it. Um, like we've said before, I've not really read any of the individual comics by itself, the main like title stuff, but... Um, I might if... give it a go. It's got a lot of praise. It's yeah. got a lot of critical praise. People have uh, given it a lot of love. Um, I don't know. It's hard to really say like if like what what's the fault in it because a lot of the stuff that I want to criticize about it feels like uh, it's unfair because it almost feels like the things I want to criticize are the things that were intentional and they succeeded in doing it well. So how much criticism can I necessarily give to it? You know, like the gin part feels interesting, but I, I know it's not, go ahead. Well, you're talking about stuff you enjoyed about it. I kind of want to contrast that by saying the stuff I necessarily didn't enjoy as much. I feel a lot of the teenage stuff was kind of generic and like, Ep I, I loved episode one then episode two she goes to that party and falls in like gets a crush on that new kid at school who's also at the party okay. and it just felt yeah. very I was watching it I was like this feels like something that would happen in like season one of Riverdale before the yeah. superpowers uh, literally just CW whatever yeah. yeah friend the former friend that they had the kind of TikTok Instagram influencer uh, in yeah. the first episode did you get the feeling that Kamala had a crush on her. Was this Nadia? Not Nadia. No, the the white girl. Oh, I, I don't remember her name. I keep thinking Chrissy because of Stranger Things. Okay. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Is she the one who ends up getting knocked over uh, in episode yeah. one? Yeah. I didn't get that. I got the vibe that she wanted to make an impression on her because she, she feels was, like an outcast. Yeah, a little jealous, maybe. Yeah. Um, other than that, no, not really. Okay. I did like how she then comes in at the end and she wants to help and she's like, well, obviously it was you. Yeah. She is like the popular girl, but she kind of contrasts that by being a decent person. Mm. Yeah, it was kind of out of left field, like... The, the plans that get written on the board. Uh, so this girl, Zoe, kind of comes in and she's part of that. But then also uh, her brother, Amir, also pops into the school. Who's like, oh, yeah, mom and dad sent me to watch over you. <laughs> Whatever. I, I do like it. It's You snuck in here while damage control is trying to surround the building. 
They gave them so much time to prep for their, the final battle. Uh, I thought it was interesting yeah. that they chose to have the one damage control agent kind of go rogue, and the guy that was from uh, No Way Home kind of be left separate from that. Like, he's not responsible for this attack that's going on. I didn't notice he I didn't notice he was from No Way Home. Yeah, he's the That's same guy that uh interrogates Ned and uh the rest of the friends. Okay. Oh. I didn't notice really? that. Really? You guys okay. Good good. That call. was the whole damage control guys that came in and arrested them. Uh Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember now that now you said but... it, I remember the guy you're talking about, but I didn't pick up on it while yeah. I was watching it. So, it seems like yeah. they're kind of keeping him more even keeled maybe. You know, not good that mm. he's trying to arrest her, but he's also kind of tasked with damage control. They don't know her power set mm. or if she's good or bad at this point. I mean, they know... They should be knowing that she's, you know, fighting for good when she's saving a kid from falling off of a building. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it just reminds me of the kind of thing Jameson would attack Peter for in Spider-Man. Yeah. It's like saving yeah. suicidal people. Doesn't he care about their mental health? <laughs> <laughs> all right do you f how do you feel comparing i feel like it would be better to p compare this to like hawkeye how do you feel about this compared to hawkeye uh i thought it felt more real i mean they're going around yeah. new york city and hawkeye but it's hawkeye was a fun action movie yeah and that's kind of what odd the kind yeah. of character development was kind of limited in Hawkeye. I'd agree with that. Um, I, I don't know, because Hawkeye let me down in the end. I was so hyped for it, then that last episode just killed my interest in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you had the uh, tracksuit mafia that was just, we have so many people, and we can just throw as many bodies as we yeah. want. Versus, like, a singular focus of, I mean, you don't really care too much about the damage control uh, agents, other than, like, the rogue agent and the Battle of Comron. You can more focus on those individual uh, fights or confrontations. Mm. Yeah. So, uh... uh I mean, okay, fair. I guess I can kind of see... I mean, I don't think the ending of Hawkeye was that bad, but... It was I mean, just fine. It wasn't as I, good as any of the other Marvel series that we've seen so far. Yeah, you got lots like the penultimate episode of Hawkeye, and he has that emotional showdown with Echo, and I thought it was just so powerful. Then you get to the last episode, and they've made Kingpin more comic accurate, but more campy and less intimidating. Or they've tried to make him more intimidating, but in a more comical way, so that it just it feels a bit more ridiculous than scary. You got me monologuing. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I, the highlights of this show were episodes one, four, and five, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I would agree with four and five, but I don't necessarily think that one was that great. Right. So I think it was just so vibrant and fun. Let's talk about this right here. So, we had three different sets of directors four directors really you've got uh a team called uh adil and bilal they directed the first and the last episode 
And they're the ones who are doing Batgirl. Yeah. Batgirl. They directed. Yes. They didn't write Batgirl. They also directed Bad Boys for Life. The highest grossing film of 2020. Yes. Big honors. <laughs> they only uh, followed 2020. Then episodes two and three is Mira Manon. Uh, let me see. Uh, she's just done individual episodes of a couple different series, like uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, Titans, Glow, Man in the High Castle, just a bunch of different... She did an episode of The Punisher, uh, The Abyss. I don't know if you know that episode offhand. Do, do you? Did you say The Man in the High Castle from Prime? Yeah, she did an episode of The Man in the High Castle, so she does a lot of directing. Uh... Yeah, and then finally we've got uh, Charmaine Obeid Chinoy, and she did the uh, episodes four and five. So I thought this was really interesting because she's a Pakistani Canadian journalist and mainly does documentaries. So mm-hmm. she has not done any sort of uh, narrative driven. Uh, properties up till this or like more fictional sorts of things sure uh so this was kind of her first shot but she i i think she nails this but she's also uh as a documentarian uh spent a lot of time uh collecting oral history of the partition so like can you imagine uh, Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios, like, oh, yeah, we found this documentarian uh, focused on the partition, you know, spent a lot of time working around India and Pakistan on both sides. Who's so They're just well-versed in the partition and how to drive a narrative to the whole historical context and modern-day context. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just having somebody with that, like, set of skills just kind of available to direct those episodes i i'm sure they were just so happy to find someone like that Hmm. i'm reminded of the but which by the way i think this is unfair because midnight mass definitely deserved uh, a lot more recognition than it got i'm happy it got the nomination but that's i think it should have at least won something but um, there was a lot of Midnight Mass that really educated me that I was really excited mm-hmm. about. Uh, and I love learning. Every, every, any, anytime it's something that's like, whoa, I had no idea about that. Throw it my way. I'm definitely down for that. I didn't really have that with this outside of going to the capital of Pakistan. Um, but... That's not necessarily a criticism of that. I guess what I'm saying is it's nice to see more... It, it brings an authenticity to the show. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you so much. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. But it's interesting that we're talking about that so much because... I mean, would you say that like for Hawkeye, for example, you're talking about running around... New York, but it didn't necessarily feel like it. There was tracksuit mafia, etc. Meanwhile, in this, there's it actually felt like New York City, or I'm sorry, parts of the East Coast. You know, it felt like going to to locations. A six-episode series, and the majority of 
episode five is told through a flashback, almost mm-hmm. separated from the original story, but it's done so well. It adds so much. As opposed, uh, I know, Sean, one of your critiques of Eternals was that none of the flashbacks really add to the story because the present day story reiterates so much. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This added so much in the backstory to really explain what happens. There's a sort of mystery that gets resolved through this. Yeah. Yeah. And it hits and so hard. I think seeing. I don't, you guys don't have kids, but that that whole sequence I can imagine. of the the girl being lost in a very uh, stressful environment while everyone's trying to get on the trains. It reminds me of like when you see, I don't know if you guys know, but like when. I see like British films back, like set back in the nineteen forties, when people were sending children out of the cities to live in the countryside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as like refugees, and they're sort of like they got that emotional moment on the train station where they're waving the kids off. Mm. Yeah, and it very much reminds me of that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Do you think that this? Okay, let me ask. Let me let me rephrase this before I start here. As a Marvel property, do you think this holds up, and do you think this standing alone holds up? As a Marvel property, I think it stands up. It's very much in the same vein as uh, any of the Tom Holland Spider-Man films. You've got the, yeah, you've got the hero, you've got the guy in the chair, uh, you've got the parent figure. No parents had to die in the making of this. True. And um, you've got much more relatable antagonists, at least in this. Like, uh, you had, you know, the Vulture Tombs, who was the parent of another person in Peter's school. Here, you've got the parent and family of a student in her school uh, as well. Uh, and almost, you know, they try and relate, be friends before their interests diverge. Hmm. I think that a part of me is asking myself, yeah, I enjoyed it, but is it something that necessarily blew me away? Not necessarily. I think that there was a lot of points that were very strong, but I don't know if it's... I, I can't necessarily say that this show is, like, peak Marvel TV, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's very different. I've... It's it's definitely very different from the other shows that we've had, but that's not bad. Yeah, yeah I feel like what I liked about the show, I really liked... But then there were just places where I, it did just feel a little generic. Like episode two. Mm-hmm. Some of episode three, although I did really like the scene at the wedding where they're fighting to the Bon Jovi song. <laughs> yeah. And then episode four in Karachi, I, I loved seeing that culture represented on screen. Episode five, I loved it really bringing attention to the history. Then episode six, I feel like I didn't really like the first half of it, but the second half was very good. Without including the Netflix TV or Netflix Marvel properties, would you say that this is middle ground or top tier for Marvel TV? Uh, that's difficult to say. It it doesn't. I quite, feel like I... it doesn't quite feel as important as the other series just yet. Maybe not Hawkeye, but uh, Wandavision, Loki. 
uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, those all felt very important. And this, mm-hmm. uh, not quite, this doesn't quite rise to that level of, like, you need to watch this to get everything yet. Well, I feel like that's because it was a new character. You have WandaVision, Falcon and Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, all dealing with previously existing heroes and kind of the after effects of... Yeah. But they're sort of dealing with the after effects of Endgame and setting all these characters up on the board for the next Yeah, we don't quite have that attachment just yet. Yeah. Whereas Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel were both setting up these characters, and I feel like Moon Knight was much more standalone, whereas Ms. Marvel's clearly... It set up the X Men. It set up. Um, well, it's helping to set up the X Men. It's yeah. just one. Interesting mutants. Yeah. Yeah, one more piece of the puzzle, which I just. I don't like it. They te- they've been teasing, X Men for over a year, and I've just got longer than that. Yeah, longer than that. Uh, what movie was but it I'd, that I'd had? I'd rather they. What movie was it Sorry, that God. had the trailer for the next X Men film after it? Like, after the credits end, it had, like, a little mini-teaser for the X-Men film. In Marvel? Yeah. Uh, I think it was for Days of Future Past was teased after a Marvel film. Oh, at the end of... It was at the end of The Wolverine. Because mm. you had Logan walking through a metal detector, and then no, Patrick this is Stewart just... and Ian McKellen. No, this is something else. Uh, where uh, it had the, MCU it had the uh, stuff? what's the ship name? The ship that the X Men use lands and the like Mystique Black and the Bears. rest of the team walk off, and it's like in Vietnam or something. That must not Days of Future's Past. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Man. You're saying it's a Marvel property, no. like an MCU property? No, I'm that? saying there was a oh. deal between Marvel uh, where they aired uh, a oh. teaser at the, after the credits of another Marvel film. Was it maybe at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2? Because that came out the same year as Days of Future Past. I don't know. I'm getting us too off track. But you you did remind me of that. But going back to the TV show things, I feel like I've got the same complaint about all of them. Mm-hmm. Is they ha- all like WandaVision, Falcon and Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, Moon Knight have all had very high highs, but then fallen flat in a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, this I phase feel like, of Marvel's weird. Yeah, I feel like Ms. Marvel's... My complaint of that is the superhero stuff felt slightly generic in places, and the teen stuff was super generic. Yeah, I agree. I, I loved the family stuff in this show. I loved Abu. I loved her relationship with her mother. I thought her brother was a genuinely like nice character who clearly cared about her. Um, I I feel like... There's been so many examples of taking big, bold directions with Marvel, and this phase has felt very safe in so many parts. It's very strange. Yeah. You know? Uh, uh, yeah. But I feel like this is this is phase four of Marvel, but it's the first phase of the TV shows. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you think back to how kind of forgettable some of the Phase 1 Marvel movies were. They're very formulaic and lacklustre. So I'm hoping they're going to learn and evolve over time, because I have genuinely liked all of the shows to an extent, even if I have complaints about some of them. Sure. I mean... I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier got a bad rap because the show was Frankenstein together after having a virus plotline removed. Yeah. That's the only one I don't think had a fair shot. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. I would also say that there's a consistent issue with some of the endings of uh, the shows. The last episode of... I'm going to go on. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> the last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier felt a little ham-fisted, even when it because, was executed in some of the best ways. Yeah, but that clearly just had stuff removed. Y- yeah. It felt very uh, pieced together. It feels like that's the case. I mean, WandaVision was a good example of that as well. And then this, and then there was... Uh, I mean... Moon Knight, I have some criticisms about, but I think that it was done the way it, it should have been done. It was a very enjoyable show. Yeah, absolutely. I, hmm. I, I loved the end of Loki. I loved all the individual pieces of Loki. Oh my god, that was so good, though. I think it could have been a little more cohesive. Cohesive is a good word for that. Uh, also, what the fuck is going on with the CGI? We because spoke about it, that every earlier. single... F- I know, but I'm just saying that if it's a consistent thing with this phase in specific, I mean, what? Take a breather. Take a step back. You know? Because, as I said, because of this show. in the show, I think that for hard light constructs, it's fine to have them kind of look that way. But I feel like it's as on par with the Green Lantern film that came out back in 2011. You know. But I guess it is kind of hard to make stuff... Like, you can make a realistic-looking building, but when you're just making a coloured block, it's hard to make that look real when it's not real. Excuse me. I think it depends, because if you look at... Even if you just use the Unreal Engine, for example, to do something like that, I mean, it... Maybe. There are easy ways... Look, I'm not a tech guy. I'm going to pass that off to... Josh over here. Come on, Tyler. He I want you to remaster all the CGI in this show by next week. <laughs> there is a lot of pressure right now. <coughs> Tell you what. Why don't I I'm, bless you? No, I laughed. You know Taylor Swift's oh. <laughs> releasing all her music with like Taylor's version. This can be Tyler's version. It's Taylor, bitch. Ms. Marvel, Tyler's version. <laughs> I feel like if I wanted to step away from the CG portion of things and I wanted to suggest that the creative choices or the pressure for the creative choices has an impact to the development, I think that that's what I'm trying to get at here is, is when you are making a series of properties that is so it is reliant on that and you're not delivering your 100% all and a lot of money still going to it. Yeah. There's going to be moments where people in production and crew are going to stop paying as much attention to these things so they can focus on Marvel that. Marvel has chosen need it. such an aggressive schedule. Like each thing ties into another thing. We need to get it out now so we can get to the next piece of the puzzle. You know, there. Yeah. I don't know. We we've talked about uh, the pandemic really messing things up, but they've still maintained that accelerated schedule 
even after, you know, the pandemic is over, now we can just release a Marvel movie every other month. Yeah. But yeah. there's still a massive backlog in visual effects, in yeah. the visual effect and world because of COVID. And keep that aggressive and schedule. Like, we need the next yeah. show. We can't go longer Marvel's... than six weeks. We can't go six weeks without having a Marvel show or else our subscriber count will go yeah. down because they don't have a new property. We need to just Marvel's just jumping to the front of the... They're jumping to the front of the queue each time because they're like, yeah. do you really want to lose us as a client? Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's well, they're the also saying, like, of, look, we need to make that money off of the toy yeah. line, the, the clothing, the they're lunchboxes, the what have you. Netflix, you know? where they're going for quantity over quality. Like, they don't have the throughput Agreed. to get the quality because they don't have enough people to work on everything. Here's the other issue that... Here's a, here's a question I'm going to ask. Uh, totally hypothetical, speculative, but at what point is there going to be too much output and uh what will that look like as the detriment because when it comes to something like netflix they just start canceling things left and right even the things that are critically praised I because they can't maintain i think the mcu hype is it's peaked yeah i'm still enjoying it but i know some of my friends are now starting to be a bit like Doctor Strange sucked, Thor sucked, uh, what else has there been? Um, They were kind of disappointed by Hawkeye, some of my friends didn't like Moon Knight, some of my friends didn't like Ms. Marvel, Eternals, yeah. Like, a lot of, like, people I know are kind of like, I don't know what's there for me and Marvel now. Alright, so... The other thing is that they've already started to pick out all of the stuff that has been some of the best-selling stuff. So, I mean, all they can do is just hope for the best for Spider-Man. Today is July 17th. Black Widow came out just a year ago on July 9th. So, in the past year, we have had six Marvel films. Over the course of 13 months, we've had six Marvel films. It's every other month. yeah, and I have got to take into account that some of those were delayed because of... Of course. And so over the next year from now, uh, there will be four films. Even though, you know, the way I'm counting, it will have been five. Because Thor, Love, mm-hmm. and Thunder would be included in that year run. 13-month run. Uh, but now they're going back to just about one per quarter. We're going to have a November, a February, yeah. May, July every three months instead of every two months so it might feel mm. more spread out but i don't think that they're it doesn't really look like they're letting up in the television department like they're still trying to keep no. one show on the air one show at a time uh yeah because we've still got she hulk then we've got the werewolf at midnight thing yeah halloween we've special, got the guardians, guardians holiday yeah. special yeah. and then secret invasion Ironheart, armor wars wakanda series all of yeah. that. Between Star Wars and my Marvel, question. Disney Plus wants you to keep subscribed, keep a show coming out with less than a month in between so you can't unsubscribe and come back. Like, if you don't want spoilers. But I, think, I think I get enough a month from them to justify my subscription to them. I pay like eight ninety nine, seven ninety nine a month. Uh, yeah. I think we pay for... about a year. Might be cheaper. Yeah. My kids get enough out of it they watch plenty of disney I plus can imagine. netflix shows yeah um but yeah blade is if, still coming out if i get like four episodes minimum of just marvel content or star wars content 
that's four hours of content for eight bucks. Is it worth it? Probably. Okay. I mean, Plus, for a, for something that is going to be consistent, that they're probably going to do sequels and sequel seasons too. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about things that were kind of teased for this series, and then the things that are teased for follow-ups. So, okay. I think there were teases that, instead of the, the Jin, it would have been the Inhumans that were coming for Kamala. Did you like that meme I sent you earlier of, like, oh, this is... Yes. Uh, yeah, this is Black, Black Bolt. Bolt, he's an Inhuman, and then Kevin Feige's like, what Inhuman? What he's inhuman? just turned into an X-Man. Cyclops, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um... I think it's weird that they're doubling down on not doing Inhuman stuff, but okay. Uh, so, as the only person that's actually read the uh, Miss Marvel comic, you've read Miss Marvel comics, right? I've read some. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Inhuman stuff. Okay. No, the Miss Marvel stuff. Uh, we had a scene at the end uh, coming up with the name, superhero name, Miss Marvel. Was that explanation mm -hmm. of what Kamala the name means uh, something that was a part of the comic. I don't remember her name being, Kamala being uh, tied to it, but I do remember the passing of the mantle uh, and the issue that that came out, that, that was a really big deal. Uh, them inter like interacting with each other and her saying, like, you can take Miss Marvel. That's okay. I'm totally for that and like the conversation that happens with it. Um, but as far as... Kamala's name, no. Not that I can think of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, how many of the characters from the TV show were in the comic? The family? Uh, essentially, yeah, they were all there. They're definitely... Yeah, I, know, a, uh, a, I know Abu was in the Avengers video game. They're... I would say that the way that the family is portrayed is a little bit more lighthearted in this show, but that's about the big difference that I can think of. Um, the I don't remember her best friend being in the comics that way, but that's I haven't read a lot of them, so that's that's the extent of my knowledge there. Um, what is interesting is how her appearance in the Inhumans comics with Charles Soule uh, is very limited but there's a lot of involvement with her getting into and understanding the inhumans uh so them taking that away is going to be interesting i mean it's not a huge part of her character in the comics but i think that there's like secret missions for example that black bolt sends her on to go undercover and you know hide herself in a barrel or uh take on you know, uh, various shape-shifting forms in order to utilize that Inhumans ability and better understand the, like, the religious process uh, of the Inhumans Terrigen Mist. Um, so... Yes, we did We well, did see the Terrigen Mist turn the, uh, the djinn to stone, but then resulted in them dying. Yeah, well, that's actually not necessarily abnormal because the process is really... Tenacious. So, so there was an me, event that happened. It reminded me of the uh, process of releasing the Terrigen Mist in the Agents of Shield TV show. Yes. Um, 
there was an event that happened called the Inhumans versus the X-Men uh, for a little bit where it was found that the Terrigen Mist was lethal to mutants, um, which was very interesting, uh, and it led to a very short-lived uh, event, very short-lived storyline where Scott Summers died, kind of, but, like, actually, and then he came back. I don't really remember what happened with that, but comic books. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you guys think of any? I don't know. I guess I don't really... Can Go you ahead. think of anything else that was kind of teased in the lead-up to the series that maybe didn't pan out? In the lead-up to this? Not that I can really think of. No, I think I went into this with kind of low expectations, knowing this wasn't made for me. I mean, I kind of did too, but I didn't really go into it with this mindset of, like, this isn't for me. I kind of went into it with just... It's all for me. The mentality of, I don't really have... I, I don't want to have any set-up expectations in the negative or in the positive, because I don't think that's necessarily fair. Especially for something that I've not read a whole lot of comics about, so... Yeah. I, I'm not sure if the negative press really skewed my view or not. I, I think I had watched, like, the first episode but i had heard uh rumblings of like oh people are getting outraged or review bombing it well there's always going to be those yeah. cg assholes yeah yeah because a she's a woman character and b she's a muslim character sean just learned about yeah. intersectionality <laughs> Congratulations, you did it. You learned a le- you learned a lesson in sociological courses. Thank you. <laughs> um, how does it feel to be an ally? Oh, <laughs> it's such an honor. Um, I don't really have very much else to say about this. I'm very curious to see where right. this is going to go. I'm I'm excited for the Marvels. Right. Yeah, uh, like yeah. Let's talk about the... what comes next. Uh, so we had the reveal that she might have a mutant gene and just for a split second like the 90s x-men theme just real quick but it played it very subtle my wife missed it it. and she's like why are you giving the middle finger to the tv (laughs) no i caught it immediately and i was like it played it so quickly it was literally like and then kamala proceeds to like just For like five seconds before yeah. reacting, I wish they kind of spaced it out a bit more and made it maybe used like a softer key on it. Neil Saban charges by the second. If you're gonna use his music, mm-hmm. yeah, the MCU is loving using that music, aren't they? Oh my god, I they need to stop teasing and start doing. Literally. I, I, I'm i happy they're not rushing. If they have a plan for them to be introduced, I'd rather they follow that plan rather than just kind of be like, here's an X-Men movie. Because I feel like Fantastic Four is easier to introduce. I feel like Fantastic Four is a lot easier to introduce and work with than the X-Men. They're not mutants, though. Cause, no, but like X-Men, you've got to have all that back matter of like, Magneto was around in the forties. Xavier knows him from the sixties. There's a lot of history there. Yeah. And building up's kind of difficult, especially. Yeah, I don't know. You just need a black Magneto who was around during like the Rwandan genocide or something. All the civil rights. Movement. Oh Have man. Them, they like. 
Xavier and... I don't know if that would translate well. Magneto were both based on Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr., yeah. So if they want to then transpose it into that, I'm completely for that. Mm, I don't know. I feel like that would be kind of problematic to but, replace a Jewish survivor of the Holocaust with a... I agree, but the later, the, the longer we leave it, the more unrealistic it becomes him being a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, they just uh, stopped being able to age. They've been stuck looking like they're 50 for 80 years. Yeah, because... Okay, so give me a second. Because, let's say... It's been like 19... 80... How many years has it been? 80... It's been almost 80 years since, this, since World War II ended. 87 years since World War II began. Yeah. If I'm doing the math right, which I could well not be. You're right. Yeah. So, 83 could... years. I mean, you could just make it that he grew up in the Holocaust, and so he's like almost 90. Yeah. You can just cast an older cast member. Yeah, but then you you really want... He could do it. (laughs) But Marvel are investing in, like, younger actors so they can have, like, a good decade of doing it. But, like, if you cast Michael Caine as one of them now, like, he's, like, 91. They need to just move Cast William Shatner. He's age accurate and he's got a good decade left in them. He is 91 now? How old is he? 91, 92. And he's still... He's so, like, active and energetic. Like, he went to space last year. It, yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. I saw an yeah. interview with him like last year talking about COVID lockdown stuff, and he was like so mentally with it and physically. The secret yeah. is that he's Canadian. It's about free healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> he's got himself a blood boy. All right, the um, final thing I guess that we can talk about is a post-credit scene. Uh, Kamala is in her room. And something happens with her bracelet where she basically gets teleported away and Carol Danvers gets teleported right into her place. The writer had to come out and specify what happened in this scene because there was a lot of theory yeah. that Kamala just shapeshifted into Carol. No. Because she can do that in the comics. Okay. I mean, it was obvious that's um, not what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I They've swapped places. That's why Carol was looking around the room so confused, like, what the fuck? Oh my god, I'm in my yeah. serial killer's room. This person wants to <laughs> I'm in <murder> Annie, <laughs> Annie Wilkes' bedroom. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh, okay. Ooh. Christoph ah. Waltz. Okay, alright. Yeah, I would be for that. Kind of bad taste, though, considering he was killing Jews in... Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but... I don't know. I think he could play a German Jew. I think that would be fine. Alright. It's balancing the scales. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think that means? Uh, that the bracelet... I don't know if it was the bracelet caused her and Carol Danvers to swap places. It has to be. Um, I actually should point this out as well. Um, Ian McKellen actually played a Nazi in a movie as well. Oh! Yes, true. Apt Pupil by Stephen King. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, there what you go. What a weird film that was. <laughs> oh, Sean doesn't have it up on a pedestal somewhere? <laughs> I got two Stephen I love King that references this is an in, in like two minutes. <laughs> 
I love that this has been just an ongoing joke of where we just poke fun and just, we're just like, you're such a racist. What's funny like, is, like, you guys were talking and I'm I'm literally downloading Stephen King ebooks right now. And the, then I get an Annie Yorks reference ratings. out and then, of course, on the Amazon.co.uk website. <laughs> um, and then I get an Annie Wilkes joke out, then Tyler's like, oh, apt people. Mm. Who was the kid in that? I don't remember. I don't, I've never seen the movie. Um, Josh finds that hard to believe, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, so, well, I, I still wish somebody would explain more to what this means that they swap places is Kamala we'll find out in a year, Josh. floating in, in space somewhere. It's like Kyle Rayner when the Green Lantern battery blew up and he's just floating in space without a suit. Hmm. And that's the last we see of him for like a year. Okay. Interesting. Shall we wrap yes. up? Yeah. Cool. Uh, ratings compared to, or actually, let's do rankings of uh, MCU shows. So this is kind of hard. Yeah, they're all good though. It's hard to be like. Boop, no, boop, it's only boop, a little boop, soft boop, right boop, now, baby. Boop. Oh, come on, man. They all fluctuate depending on my mood. It's better than One Division. There we go. I think it's more better satisfying. than the ending of yes, WandaVision. More satisfying yeah. than WandaVision. Yeah. The ending. Uh, definitely the ending is better. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta go to the snake and. Um, yeah, because the other ones, I've loved a lot of them and then been disappointed with parts of them. Yeah. They're uh, all very on par. We know what this leads into, which is the Marvels. We don't exactly know what Captain uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier leads into Captain America 4. It's about all we know, but that's far yeah. in the future. Uh, Loki is actually going to lead into a second season. We don't really know And it's where... kind of led into Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, we don't exactly know what Moon Knight is going to lead into. We don't know exactly... I guess Hawkeye <laughs> Nothing leads... Nothing, Josh. standalone. <laughs> yeah. Hawkeye leads into Echo... Uh, but other than that, we don't really know too much about that. So, um, importance-wise, it's not. I, at, it is important, but not as important as the, as the other ones. I'd say. Not yet. It's very establishing the character, which is the only one that's really done that. Other than Moon Knight, Moon Knight, so far is not leading in into anything. This is leading into something. So it's. I'd say it's. More important than Moon Knight, but it's so hard to compare them because they're so vastly different shows. I would say Loki is at the top for me, and then maybe Hawkeye after that, then Miss Marvel. One division's at the bottom for me at this point. No, you know I'm sorry, Captain. Uh, I'm sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be uh, second uh, after Loki, then Miss Marvel, then Hawkeye is what I'm going to do. <clears throat> yeah, I think Hawkeye's kind of down there too. 
Like it's not god awful, and I ha- I can't I don't really hate it. I don't I even fine. think the ending was really all that bad. It's not it's just fine for the ending, but like. Uh, and then Wandavision for me at the bottom. All right. I guess that's fine. All right. I think yeah, that's I find it too hard to rank them. Yeah. Let's, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, we can wrap it up here. Cool. Well, this has been the Cult of Comics podcast, and this has been our discussion about Miss Marvel, the TV show from Disney Plus, and coming out soon. It's going to be 15 more shows on the Disney Plus MCU programs that are going to lead up into maybe sequel seasons, but most definitely a couple movies. Did you guys and... get around to seeing that meme I sent you earlier? Yeah, the one where the uh... Star Wars music, Star Wars music plays briefly. Yeah. I immediately thought of the accent uh, theme song. I read that part. Quality content. Uh, no. Anyways, um, I didn't get it for some reason. Um, yeah. Check out the comic books if you can. Uh, definitely check out that G. Willow Wilson run. God damn it, Sean. I don't know. Uh, G. Check out the G. Willow Wilson uh, run because it gets a lot of praise and people are obsessed with it. Oh, I did see that one. Um, green texts are... It's all. T- it's just a wall of text for me. Um, you have mental retardation. It's called uh, executive dysfunction. Erectile um, dysfunction. It... <laughs> I've got a sexual dysfunction. Um, this has been the Cult of Comics podcast. I'm going to start doing the wrap-up now. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, all the podcast locations, thanks to Anchor.fm, where you can also go and find our RSS feed and make your monthly contributions. You can also go on to Patreon.com slash Cult of Comics and make your monthly contributions, where you can be one of our blood boys, sustain us, keep us going, keep that foundation running, and you can... Keep us youthful. Keep us full of energy. Keep us looking like Josh, who for some reason is aging backwards, and it's kind of scaring the shit out of me. You're, Stop you're getting such clear sh- skin, I'm not pile shaving. of shit. If I shaved, I'd look like a little boy. If you shaved, I do me a favor. Next time I see you, shave your head too. I've been there. I've done that. When I donated all I that hair s- that I w- grew out, I was I basically had my head shaved bald. I feel like you would look very good like Jason Statham. No, I need you to get some black frame sexy glasses. No, I yes, look like a... Do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love you. All right. Um, I think what Josh else? should you... volunteer to work on To Catch a Predator. As a predator. <laughs> well, we couldn't find one this week. We're going to... We're going to... Take a seat. Have a seat. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on YouTube where we get uploaded every once in a while. (laughs) Thanks to uh, Bradley Cooper over here. Uh, What else? You can uh, send us an email if you want to recommend what we're going to read, what we're going to be. uh, Ask us some questions, uh, what we should be paying attention to right now. Uh, Comments, criticisms, anything that will bully uh, Sean. Uh, just as long as he gets off my back. And that's going to be at cultocomics uh, at gmail.com. Uh, we should probably eventually set up a social media page for the actual 
uh, podcast to just do the thing, but that's work and that's things yeah. and that's more. Yeah. There, yeah. there is a Twitter account, but when you used it, you just kept calling everyone an incel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting out of Twitter. Twitter is just angry. Always Everybody there been. is just exactly fucking Ohio. Um, I will say that you know, with Twitter being such an angry place to be, it's turning into the new Reddit, and then Instagram is just turning into a place to buy things now. You know, it's just advertisements. I don't even posts from people that I follow don't even show up anymore. Uh, we'll figure that out eventually, you know. Uh, but in the meantime, give us a dollar, make us holler, send an email, send it our way. And thanks for sticking around. If it's your uh, millionth time watching, and if this is your first time following. I'm sorry for uh, offending you with all of my uh, with my name on this uh, Zoom call. I, I was honestly just expecting you to say, "I'm sorry for Sean." I'm sorry for Sean. I'm very sorry for Sean for everything about, about him. Uh, please know that he's just. We don't talk about Black Duck. Uh, he's English. He can't really help it. But that's our show. Thanks for sticking around. Have a good rest of your day and stay safe out Bye. there. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. The three of us are in a cult.